All right. Yep. Let me just get back down to the bottom. So this sicha, which is the third, <clears throat> or the third simon, is based on the second or the last chapter of the Rambam. We know that we learned the sikhas before, which were on Perik Yud Aleph, which was all about Mashiach himself and how we know who Mashiach is and what he needs to do. And this Perik is about Yemais Mashiach, what will happen at that particular time. Now the rabbi is going to take this um, Perik in the sikha we're learning today. It's not going to be about the entire Perik, the way our first sikha was, it's more. It's going to be more about the first few bits, the first halacha really, and the beginning of the second halacha of this parak. So let's just get right into the Rambam itself because we need to understand the Rambam. And then we'll go into the sikha, which is quite a lengthy sikha. And Reza Shem will be able to do quite a bit of it tonight and then um, or today for me, the rest um, next week. So Perik Shneimasar, the twelfth Perik, the last Perik of the Rambam in Hilchos Malachim. Al Yale Al Aleiv should be Ma'isim Mashiach Yibatel Davar Mimin Hagal Shal Olam. Now this is going to be the base of our Sicha, a very very important element here. So do not come up in your heart. In other words, you shouldn't even think that the times of Mashiach. Anything will be nullified from from the way the world runs. So don't think that the world is going to change in any significant way. Okay? The minak of nature, the way we know the world, it's going to stay exactly the same. That's what the Rambam is saying. All ye yesham chidush or that there will be anything new from creation of the world. And again, this is going to be a very important line that different are going to take apart. So don't think there's going to be anything different or anything new from the time of creation. The world will continue to run as the world naturally runs. The fact that it says in Yeshayahu, in the Navi, what does it say in Yeshayahu that we read during the Pesach um, time? So the idea that a wolf will lie with a lamb and a leopard with a goat, this, the Ramam says, is mashal v'chida. This is just a parable. This is not to be learned literally. Now, how can we learn this as a parable? Why does the Ramam say it's an analogy? What does it mean then that a wolf will lie with a lamb? We know that that's how we always explain it. the pictures for the children are usually, you know, those exact pictures. So how could it be any different? So Ramam says, how do we know that? In Hadavar, what does it mean? It means simply, Jewish people are going to be able to live peacefully with the most evil of the non-Jewish nations who are compared to a wolf. <clears throat> Sorry, who are compared to a wolf and a leopard. Shenemar, because it says we have a pasuk that says very, very specifically, 
but referring to the, the Gaim, that the Ave Aravais Ishadadain, a wolf of the wilderness will come and take spoils from them. In other words, will we'll destroy them and take all their spoils. The Namer Shaikate Alarehem, and a leopard will stalk their cities. So this is obviously is, is the marshal of the Gaim, and that's why the Rambam says this idea that Gar Zevim Keves, Keves is the Jewish people. The Zeev and the Namer are, I'm sorry, the Keves and the Gdi refer to the Jewish people. The Zeev and the Namer, the, the wolf and the leopard refer to the non-Jewish people. And this means that we will live peacefully. The Yachsru Kulon Ladasa Emes, all the nations of the world will return, return to the true faith. They will no longer steal. They will no longer destroy. But they will eat the things that are allowed together with Bnei Yisrael in peace. Like it says again, The lion, like cattle, will eat straw. So that's what it means. That it's it's just an analogy that the nations of the world peacefully with us, um, and and that's and that's how we read it. Okay. Now we notice the Rambam doesn't give us more detail. The Rambam just says in general. So too, it's with all these sort of things. The Inyan Hamashiach, and here's a really important line. With all of these things, when we are talking about Mashiach, Haim Mishalim, they are only parables. When the day comes, when we are in the days of Mashiach, then it will be known to all of us exactly which things were Mashalim, in other words, and which ones weren't. Uma Inyan Ramzubahan. We'll understand exactly which ones were the Mishalim and what was hinted in these Mishalim, what they actually mean. Okay. Second halacha, the Raman continues, and this is going to be again a very important part of the Sikha. Chachamim say there's going to be absolutely no difference between the world we live in, Adam Hazar, and the times of Mashiach, except for the subjugation of the foreign nations. In other words, that we won't be under the foreign nations at all, but we will have our own kingdom. This is seen very clearly from the words of the Nevi'im. Going to have this tremendous war beginning of the times of Mashiach. And right be and before that war, we'll have a Navi who will get up, who will straighten their hearts. In other words, cause them to go on the straight path to do tshuva, to prepare their hearts. Shenemar, as it says, we know the rest of it. Uh, and the idea of the Heshiv Leif of us Albanim. This is the Pasuk that I'm going to send Eliyahu, and this is what's going to be about. 
And when Elio comes, what's his role going to be? The Ramam says, according to Alaka, he's not going to come to tell us those who we think are tar are now tame, not to make pure those who are coming. So the idea of the tame atar, he's not going to come and say those things you thought were, were kosher or the right thing are no longer right. He's not going to come to purify that which is tame. Like we know the famous talked about that when Mashiach comes, the chazir, that's why it's called chazir, it's going to come back and it's going to become kosher. Nothing, nothing of that sort. He's not going to come along and say that people who we think are Jews today and we know who their lineage, lineage, we know their lineage, he's not going to come along to say Lift soul, those people. He's not going to say, no, they're apostles. They're not really Jewish. It was a mistake. And he's also not going to come along to say, no, these people who you think are not Jewish, they are actually Jewish. So he's not going to be the one who's going to come along to tell us who what our lineage is. That is something that's for Mashiach himself. What does Eliyahu do? Ella. He comes to bring peace. He's going to return the, the hearts of the fathers by the children. So the children will bring the, the, the parents back. So this is really all about Shuva. Now we have Chachamim who say that before Mashiach comes, you have to have Eliyahu Hanavi. And all of these things, the Kayyat Behen, and similar to that. The Ramam says, you know what? We actually don't know exactly how this is going to happen until it happens. Because these are hidden matters. By the Navim. In other words, the Navim. Don't even know exactly how it's going to happen. We also don't have the Chachamim also don't have any sort of tradition or some, something passed on from generation to generation of exactly how this is going to happen. We just have the proof from the Pesukim itself. And that's why, because it's only based on the interpretation the different psukim that we have about the times of the Shia. That's why it's like it's exactly about how it's going to be. While call upon him, nevertheless, Ramam says, the order of exactly how Mashiach is going to come and who's going to come first and exactly what's going to happen. We know we're going to have a Navi who's going to come, the Ramam told us, to bring the Jewish people back. And the fact that Eliyahu and Navi has to come first that's an order saying you have to have Eliyahu and then you're going to have Mashiach. Rambam says these, the order of exactly how it's going to happen and the details of how it's going to happen. That's not the foundation of our move. That's not Ikar Hadas. That's not one of the principles of our faith. And therefore the Rambam says a person should not delve into, he shouldn't be busy with trying to figure out all of these Agadas, all of the stories. You shouldn't be worried about all the Medrashim and all the Agadas about what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. That's not our focus. 
shouldn't delve into them, and he shouldn't make that the priority. That's not what it's about. Remembering, this is a safer halacha, the Rambam is saying. When we say we have to believe in Mashiach, it's not about delving into all the Midrashim about exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Because delving into these things, exactly how it's going to happen, what's going to happen, this does not bring us the years Hashem. It doesn't bring us to Abbas Hashem. Therefore, we should also not be trying to figure out exactly what the date is that Mashiach is going to come. Because we find something very harsh, actually, that the Chachamim say. What do the Chachamim say about this? May the spirit of those who try to determine the end, may that spirit expire. Tipak from Bipak to blow to may blow out, may their ruach leave them, those who could try to figure out the exact date of when Mashiach is coming. But we should just wait and believe into in this general concept the way we've explained. So now go on. So we know from this that it's not going to be miraculous necessarily, it doesn't have to be miracles. The world's going to continue running as it runs. Now the, the, the Rambam goes on and tells us, what, what should we expect then? So here we see a reference back to our last parak. In the times of Mashiach, when his kingdom is settled, because he said he's going to have to be a king again, he's got, all the Jewish people will be gathered around him. <clears throat> so we have Kibbutz Galitz. And everyone will be connected to him based on the Ruach HaKadosh <clears throat> that he um, says. So in other words, his, his Yichos will be determined because we'll understand the basis of his words and the insight that he has. Shenemar, as it says, the Yashav Mitzarev Mutar. Mashiach, he's going to be the one who will be the refiner, the purifier. He will tell us exactly who everyone is. We know when he's going to tell us our lineage, he has to tell us who we are. The of Levi is going to be first because we need to have our Kohanim and Levim in the Beit HaMikdash. So Mashiach will come and he'll tell us, you are properly, you're the Kohen, you're the Levi. And anyone who's not a kind lady will be determined that he is from Israel. All right, who I met, as it says, and this is a pasuk from Israel. We find a similar thing that when Israel came back to Eretz Israel to build the second base of Mikdash, with, mind you, a minority of the Jewish people. So the governor said to the Jewish people, the first thing has to be, the first thing that had to happen that was they were not allowed to eat anything until a Navi who would have the Urim Batumim would determine who is who. So Hine so here we learn So we see from Israel the fact that they had to wait for a kind with the Urim Batumim to determine who it's who. The idea of knowing the the yichus, the lineage of the people of who we are as Jews, especially Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim, this has to be done through Ruach Hakodesh. <clears throat> okay. 
What's his job going to be? Not to tell us the yichos of a Jew or a guy, but rather he's saying he's going to give us, his job is to give us the lineage based on their shevet. So this one is from that shevet, and this one from the other shevet. People who have already been accepted as Jews, so that we 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 consider them Jewish people. But cheskos kashros. Now remember, cheskos kashros means you know they they've converted appropriately. They've always thought they were Jewish. The Ram says Mashiach is not going to come along and say, "Oh no, you're actually a mamzer. You're actually a slave." Shadinhu because Allah is that a family that's already become completely intermingled and mixed in with the Jewish people remains that way. Okay. And then, they did not yearn for Mashiach. They didn't yearn for Mashiach because that's going to be a time when we are going to rule over the entire world irregardless of the fact that we said that Mashiach's kingdom will be the only kingdom. But that's not why they wanted Mashiach, so that we can rule over the Goyim. Right, this idea, not that we will rule over the whole world and we will rule over the non-Jewish nations. And it's not for the fact that the nations of the world will put us up on a pedestal and consider us so, so wonderful. It's not so that we can eat and drink and be merry. Chami wanted this time because we are going to be free. We'll be free to sit and learn Torah. We won't have any pressures or any disturbances. So that we can sit and learn and do the mitzvahs properly and so that we will merit in the future Alam Haba. The idea of Olam Haba, this is very important, according to the Rambam, Olam Haba is a time, the world to come is the time when the Neshama gets its reward for things that it's done. But the Shleimus, according to the Rambam, is actually Neshama Beguf, the Neshama in a body in this world. So the idea is, the Rambam says, that we should be able to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. That's the point of the times of Mashiach. And because of that, because it's going to be peace and we want to be able to be to sit and learn properly, therefore, the last halacha, lacha hey, over therefore, in that time, there will not be any famine, there will not be any war. There will not be any jealousy, there will not be any competition. Everything will be good. Good will be um, in, the, in abundance. And all the precious jewels will be, will be as common as the dust of the earth. What will the world be busy with? The only thing they will be busy with with knowing Hashem. That's it. And therefore, Yisrael, Chacham, Gedolim, Yisrael, Yisrael, we will be great sages because we'll be sitting and learning the whole time. We'll be able to know all the hidden things. 
So we think about Nigla and Nister, all the hidden things. That's what we talk about, Tarah Hadasha, the new Tarah, the, the things that are hidden in Tarah, the Pnimis Tarah. We will be able to understand the understanding of Hashem, of our Creator, based on however we can, as much as we are able to know Hashem. Shenemar, like it says, that the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem as the sea fills and covers the ocean bed. So we see quite clearly that the Rambam in this parak has given us this kind of description of the times of Mashiach. Specifically, don't think it's miraculous, don't think it's a change in nature. It's a time when the world will be exactly as we know it now, except that we won't have any pressures. We'll be able to sit and learn without any worries. Now, there's a lot to say about this parak. There's a lot to learn about this parak. But of course, in this, our share tonight, we're going to limit ourselves to this actual sicha. So this, in this sicha, the Rebbe is going to talk about what seems to be a contradiction in the words of the Rambam here, in Hilchos Malachim, and things that the Rambam says in other places. The Rambam wrote, we know Hilchos Tshuva. In Hilchos Tshuva, the Rambam talks about Mashiach. That's the thing that with the Rambam, his talk talks about Mashiach in a number of places. In Hilchos Tshuva, here in Hilchos Malachim, in Igeris Teiman, a special letter written to the Jews of Teiman, talks about Mashiach. And of course, the Rambam wrote another letter called Igeris Tchiyas Amesim, because some of the things he said, People misunderstood, so he had to clarify what he meant in another letter called the Gerstchias Amazing. And in all of these places, we find the Rambam talking about Mashiach. And it seems that the Rambam says different things in different places. So, this is the discussion the Rebbe is going to have with us in this particular Sikha and try to understand these contradictions. Now, of course, it's kind of given away a little bit in the title of our Sikha. There's actually two different eras. And that's kind of going to be our answer, but let's see the actual discussion itself. Okay, so Siv Aleph. The Parak Hasium Hilchos Malachim. So in the final parak of Hilchos Malachim. This is a Rambam, the Rambam writes. And this is what we saw. Okay, so this is the first halacha that we actually just read. It's all an analogy. I'm not translating every word since we've already just learned it. To Yisrael Yoshim Rebetach in Rishi Akum, also in peace, Hamashulim Kizav, Benamer, and we claim they're compared to the wolf and the leopard. Benamer, Dave, Chulu, and the Pasuk we had. Biachsu, Kulam, Ladasa, Emes, La Yigzulu, La Yishkisu, Ela, Yoichlu, Dava, Hamutar, Shinemer, Ba'ari, Bechulu. Okay, the entire Halacha Aleph. The Chen Kohat, Yaitzik, Elo, Hadvarim, Beinam, Mashiach, Chaim, and Shalim. Okay, the Rebbe brings us the highlights of that halacha, the beginning, not necessarily every word, and then, but brings us the final bit of the Rambam, all of these things, they are just Mishalim. 
Well, now when Mashiach comes, exactly which ones are Mashalim and what they hinted to. Because after this, the Rambam continues. As we're going to see later. There's no difference between the times of Mashiach except for Sheba Machos Bismarck. So the Rebbe is saying, it would seem, so it seems to be at first glance that when you learn this Rambam, the Rambam saying the world, nothing will change. This seems to contradict that which it says in Taras Kahanim on the Pasuk, so we have a Pasuk, we talk about what will happen in the future when we do all the mitzvahs, that the trees of the field will give their fruit. And Taras Kahanim says specifically, How do we know that trees that today are considered barren trees, trees that don't give any fruit, how do we know that in the future these trees are going to give us fruit? Because it says, the eighth hasada period. Trees of the field will give fruit. That means all trees, no matter what they're like now, they're going to give fruit. So that seems to be a miracle. It's a change. Like this, it says at the end, we were taught at the end of Mesafa Ksubais, says in the name of that all the barren trees that are in Eretz Yisrael are going to carry fruit. Like it says, the trees, just like the trees give forth their teena and their gefen, just like we have <coughs> the figs and the grapes, that all trees are going to give forth their produce. So they're all going to have fruit. Well, that sounds like a change in the nature of the world. If trees today that do not give any fruit are going to give fruit, then that's a change. So how is it that the Rambam says that there will be absolutely no change? That seems to go against what it says in the Gemara. It goes against what it says in Taras Khan. So see, base the Rebbe says, well, perhaps we can answer it in a particular way. Now, of course, when the Rebbe writes L'Chaira, it would seem, we know that the Rebbe is going to bring us an answer, but he's going to then negate that answer and show us why we can't say so. So it's a little bit of mental gymnastics, and we've got to just hold on to it. L'Chaira, it would seem, L'Chaira ha'yef shalaymar. It would seem that perhaps we could say, Shaladas ha'rambam, you could say, well, perhaps what the Rambam would say about about the Gemara is that even these things that they're saying, <clears throat> that barren trees will give fruit, that could also be an analogy. Maybe it's also just like a parable. Here's an example. It's Michael, a fruit tree, Myra, Gemara, Chazal, Stand for, and we know this from my Marechazal, because we know that very often sages are considered to be like fruit trees. We talk about that so much, like Tubishvat, right? That fruit trees are like, we are like the trees, and giving forth fruit is having students. So, an Eitzmeichel, a tree that gives forth fruit, 
we know that this could be referring to our sages. Vilani Srak Ilamaya Arts. Barren trees, well, they're the simple people who don't give forth any fruit. Therefore, in the future, even these barren trees, I mean, the Ameha Aretz, Yinu Paris, Klemer, Hiyu, Lutami, the Chachami. So that makes sense. The Ilan Esrach could be not literally trees that don't give fruit, but Jews who don't know their Torah, don't know a lot about the Torah mitzvahs. They're Ameha Aretz. The men of the land, which literally means people who are ignorant of the Torah, they too will become Tomidi Chachamim. As we saw, the Ramam said, the whole world will be busy learning Torah and will all know the secrets of the Torah, so they too will become sages. Or perhaps, you know, another explanation similar to that. In other words, we could find analogies for these Pesukim as well. And then we could say that it still remains the idea that the world will not have any miraculous change. It will continue the way we know it. However, the Rebbe goes on. Remember, this was a we could perhaps say. The Rebbe says, it's actually impossible to actually say it this way. Key, why? First of all, in general, it's difficult to say that the words of the Tanaim and Amorayim, in other words, the words of the sages of our Mishnah and the Gemara, who are talking about halacha, which is in contrast to the words of Naveen, so Naveen, we know that our prophets, a lot of what they said was in an analogy. Many, many Naveen received their nevuah, they received their prophecy from Hashem in a mara, in a vision, and often in the way of a parable. And they had to then interpret it to the Jewish people. That was very common for a Navi, for a prophet. But to say that a Tana or an Amira, that the, our sages who dealt with halacha, that Einam El Amashal, that their words are just an analogy, that's difficult to say. So here too, it would be very difficult to say. Because we need to find. This saying in Taras Kahanim, that all the barren trees will give fruit, we find that in Taras Kahanim, when this pasta comes up, barren trees will give forth fruit. It comes in context to a number of other brachas that are specifically talking about very physical, gashmi stika brachas. And it follows, including the bracha that's in this pasuk, that the earth will give its produce, and and the trees of the field will give fruit. And many of these brachas that it says in Taras Kahanim, it says very specifically, not the way what it is now, but the way it was at the time of Adam HaRishan. You can plant and have fruit in one day. Planted and giving fruit in the same day and the tree will be eaten. The tree itself can be eaten. Like again, we know when we look at the Psukim in the very first parak of Brachis. Behind Usha Bracha, he kept shutta, the Bashmis Mamish. 
when you look at Taras Kahanim in context, and you see that it's talking very specifically about very physical blessings, physical blessings that will happen in terms of how the fruit will grow and what we will have, and relying specifically on the Pesukim in Chumash, in Brashis, where it talks about how Hashem wanted eight pre, I said pre, a fruit tree that will give forth fruit. In other words, even the tree can be eaten, and this is what it seems to have been before Chet Eitzadas. And same thing based on this, the same sort of thing in the Gemara. Again, in the Gemara, when it talks about barren trees giving fruit, again, in context, it's connected to many, many other sayings that we must translate literally, exactly as they are, not as analogies. Uludugma, for example. So we find that <clears throat> Rabbi Hanina, at this point in time, he, uh, let me just actually, I'm going to have to apologize here because I somehow missed this particular paragraph and I don't know Aramaic very well and I cannot translate this particular line. If there's anyone here who can, if you can jump in. Um, <clears throat> you get my son to help me with the Aramaic and here I've somehow missed it. So we have a Pasuk here, Rabbi Hanina, um, and this is this um, example because whatever this was, it was a very, it's a very literal, and therefore the idea of of the trees giving forth fruit also has to be type. Next week I'll find out. I'll come back to this. Okay, So basically, the Rebbe is saying here that in context. If you want to say that perhaps in Taras Kahanim and Gemara, these are also analogies, if you look at the context, you can't say it. That's the bottom line. Because in context, both in Taras Kahanim and in the Gemara, they're talking about very literal brachas, very literal events, and therefore, it wouldn't make sense to have an analogy somehow thrown in. And when it talks about barren trees giving fruit, it's talking about it in continuation to very practical things. Now we also find that the Ravid, he has some thoughts on the Rambam. In other words, he doesn't quite agree with the Rambam. He says, when the Rambam says that the world will continue to run as it normally does and there won't be any miracles. He said, well, we find a Pasuk, it says, Hashem says he's going to remove all wild animals from the land. This puzzle, following along from the Eitzitim period, that the fruit trees will give forth fruit, it says that the wild animals will be removed. The Radvaz over there says 
Oh, well, actually, this isn't an argument. So here the rival is saying, wait a second, Rambam, how can you say nothing will change? We have another pasuk that says the wild animals will be removed. So that means it has to be literal. So Radbaz comes along and says, no, no, no. When the rival is bringing this, this pasuk, you can learn that as a mushal as well. That could also be an analogy. Umamshif, right? Meaning the wild animals from the earth be wild animals. Could be also be the nations of the world, those who try to destroy us. It could also be a mamshal. Umamshif, and the Red Bath continues. But we should also, even though it could also be a mushal, it's also worthy we should believe that these things are literal and not a mushal in Eretz Yisrael. Like it says, Because it says they won't do any evil, they will not cause any destruction. We're Bahar Kachi on my holy mountain. Because the world will be full. If you say Mala Aretz, and it says Himala Haaretz. When you have Ha'aretz with that definite article, hey, the land is Ha'aretz Hayadua, the known land. What is the known land? That's Eretz Yisrael. So the Radvaz, on one hand, he's saying, when the Rabbit is bringing us a pasuk, to say, we've got to say that this is very literal. The Radvaz says, actually, no, that could also be a mashal. However, we should do, we should treat it literally for Eretz Yisrael only. Therefore, the fact that there will no longer be any wild animals, that is only in Eretz Yisrael. And all the other all the other lands, the line of the Rambam will stand. The world will continue its natural way, the way we know it to run today. The psukim are all analogies. Just like it says, that the nations will not lift up their sword and they will no longer learn war because there will be peace. So Advaz is saying, well, we can learn it both ways. That could be a mashal and it could be literal. In Eretz Yisrael, it's literal. It could be literal, it could be a muscle, and in the rest of the world, it's a muscle. Now, based on this, based on this, we could say, seemingly, again, we could, might be, maybe we could say, the saying, perhaps, you know, sometimes when you see an argument between two people, you recognize that they're actually not arguing, but they're referring to two different things. So here too, the Rebbe says, perhaps we could say that this machlaikis between the Rambam and the Ravid is actually dependent on the differences that we find in the words of Chazal in these two sources that we've talked about earlier, in Taras Kahanim and in Ksubas, which is Gemara. What, where do we see a difference? So if you look very carefully at the words, the Rebbe is going to show us now. The Gemara Nemar, in the actual Gemara it says, Ilane Yisrael. So the Gemara does actually mention Eretz Yisrael, that in these barren trees of 
Eretz Yisrael, Masha Enkin Vitars Kahanim Halashin Hu Ilani Sraksam. Whereas if you look in Taras Kahanim, it doesn't say the barren trees in Eretz Yisrael, it just has barren trees. So it seems that the Gemara is saying something, perhaps like the Radbaz, that it's the barren trees in Eretz Yisrael that will give fruit. But the Taras Kahanim, it doesn't say Eretz Yisrael. It just says barren fruit, barren trees will give fruit. <clears throat> so maybe that's the difference. Okay, so I have the Benehem, the Rebbe says specifically. What's the difference between them? The Fiat Taras Gahanim, Yiyila Asid Lavai Shinu Mimin Hadol Shalai. According to Taras Gahanim, then, he's saying that there will be a change in the entire world when Mashiach comes because these barren trees will give forth fruit in the entire world. Abulafiat Gemara. But according to the Gemara, La Yiyah Shinu Mimin Hadol Shalai Lam Bechala Alam Bobad, the Eretz Yisrael. According to the Gemara, we see there won't be a change in the entire world except for Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael will have special things happening there, will have special miracles happening there. So that's Tars Kahani. That's the Gemara. Therefore, Haraivit, what we can say, then say is that the Raivit, she does a Tars Kahani. The Raivit is saying that, like the Tars Kahani, Elani struck stam asidli as Eisen Paris. That these barren trees, stam everywhere, will give forth fruit. So the rabbit, when the rabbit comes along and says, How could he say that? It says, um, that there will be no wild animals. The rabbit is interpreting these psukim like Tars Kahanim which says that there will be miracles throughout the entire world. And therefore, both of these psukim have to be literal, according to the writer. And that's why when he talks about the next pasuk, that the wild animals will be removed from the land, he's talking about all lands. And he's saying that pasuk also is literal. There will the barren trees will give forth fruit. There will be no longer any wild animals that will destroy. Just like Tars Kahanim explains it on the pasuk. Rabbi Huda Aimer Ma'aviri Mina Olam. Rabbi Shimon Aimer Ma'shpisin Shlo Yaziku. We find Tars Kahanim. It talks about what this means. Vishpati Chayrav Ba'aretz. And the discussion in Gemara is very literal. Rabbi Yehuda says, what does it mean that Hashem is going to remove these wild animals? So Rabbi Yehuda says, literally from the world, that they'll no longer exist. Rabbi Shimon says, no, no, they'll exist, but he'll remove their, their nature to destroy. So it's not that there won't be these kind of animals anymore, but that, that won't be there. So what we see is that they're discussing the very literal meaning of these psukim in Taras Kahani. Kiprat the prod, especially, and especially, you notice that in Taras Kahani, when they're discussing this pasuk, they talk about right? So it's very, very clear that in Taras Kahani, the discussion is around a very literal discussion and a very miraculous thing that the nature of animals will change or that there won't be any wild animals at all in the world. 
You could say, okay, that's what Ravid is saying. The Ravid is going according to the Taurus Kahani, that there will be a change, a miracle. The Rambam is taking the view, at least according to the Radvaz, he's going according to the Gemara. And when, the, when the Rambam says that the world won't change, he's talking about everywhere else except for Eretz Yisrael. And that's why the Red Box said, okay, we can be believe that all of these things are the Pshat, that these miracles will happen in Eretz Yisrael, that will get like special, special consideration. But in the rest of the world, it's going to be the way it normally is. Okay, so this is all a seemingly an answer that we could propose. However, to say that the Rambam is talking like the Gemara and that the Rambam is referring to a change in the world except for Eretz Yisrael, that is not understood when you look specifically at the Rambam and the words of the Rambam. Where do we see that? If you look very carefully, we find the Rambam said he had a statement that was like a closed statement. He was quiet. He says, in times of Mashiach, nothing will change. When he, he said, nothing will change in the world. Well, that includes Eretz Yisrael. Because if in Eretz Yisrael you would have miracles, had to say that Eretz Yisrael will have miracles and no one else will have miracles, that itself is a change in nature. Where do we have things naturally that, that things are different in Eretz Yisrael and not anywhere else? that the land in Eretz Yisrael is somehow going to be different, that already is a change in nature. So when the Rambam says there will be no change in nature, you can't say that it means everywhere in the world except for Eretz Yisrael, because that itself is already a miracle. Second point, why we can't resolve this difficulty the way we thought we could between the Radvaz and the Ravid is because we may be in Kuziva. Time of Bar Kochva, as we saw in our previous parak, in our first Sikha. We know that we have Ben Kuziva Bar Kochva, and Rabbi Akiva and all the Chachamim of his time thought that he was Mashiach. Dima, they thought he was so. To the point that they went out to war, which is the Kuch Nefesh. They were ready to give up their lives based on what he told them to do. That from, it's from that that the Rambam proves, as we saw again in the first Parakid Aleph, the Rambam used that specifically as a proof that Mashiach does not have to do any miracles. Right? That's, what, that's where it came from. No miracles. The Rambam used that again to tell us in that time, that the world will run as it normally does. There won't necessarily be miracles. What did I show? To the common Sif Yud. We will see soon in Sif Yud. 
means that miracles didn't happen, even in Eretz Yisrael. Bar Kokhba, he was in Eretz Yisrael. And if the Rambam is using Bar Kokhba as an example, that Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles, and he was in Eretz Yisrael, that's proof that these things did not have to happen, and that the Rambam did not consider Eretz Yisrael to be any different in the way of, of in any other lands. And when the Rambam therefore says, that that the world is going to continue the way the world normally does, he means all, all the, the whole world, including Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, it's uh, what we must say, really. That this statement of the Rambam, that the world is going to run the way it runs today, no, nothing, no, none of the natural laws were, are going to change in the future that has to apply to Eretz Yisrael as well. Okay, so we brought a proposed answer to how we can resolve the fact that the Rambam says there will not be miracles with the Pesukim in Taurus Kahan and the Gemara that said there will be miracles. We tried to resolve it by saying we're talking about either Eretz Yisrael or the world, and we've just shown that according to the Rambam, it cannot be that way. Because the Rambam is very clear that he's talking about the entire world. Okay, so Siv hey, we're now going to come to another proposed resolution. Maybe we can reconcile this by looking at something else. So the Rebbe says, we find other people trying to resolve this. The Sefer Avayas HaKadosh, Mavar Sha'alim Kimin Hagen explains that when we say the world will run according to its nature, what the Rambam is trying to say, is that there won't be anything new that's completely outside of nature. In other words, in other words, we say we're talking about, yeah, things might change the way we know today, but it won't be anything new in creation because it won't be anything different to the nature and root of what it was at the beginning when it was first created. Therefore, what are we saying? Then, you don't have any contradiction to the Medrash and Taras Kahan that says, So now there's no contradiction between the fact that a fruit, a tree can be planted and grow fruit on one day. From the many other sayings of our Chachamim are similar to this. It's not bringing us something new was never in nature. Because guess what? That's what it was at the beginning, before There were certain things that happened before Adam and Chava were sent out of Gan Eden. And when we say, the world is going to go back, it's going to go back to how it was. It's, it's nature. It's not something brand new because before that is what the world was like. So according to that, so these two things we could say, that's what it refers to. The fact that it says there will no longer be any wild animals, 
and these barren trees will give forth fruit. Okay, we could use this as an explanation. This is not changing nature. This is not bringing miracles. This is exactly how the world was before the sin of the tree of knowledge. That's what it was like. Every single tree gave forth fruit. None of the animals hurt each other. And they didn't hurt Adam either. They didn't have that nature to attack and to kill. But what happened? It was because after the sin of the tree of knowledge, to the eating tree of knowledge, when Hashem then and told us that the ground would now give forth thorns and thistles. At that time, that's when a number of the trees became trees that could not give any fruit anymore. It was at that time some of the animals were given the nature to, to hurt. To cause damage. And since we say the times Mashiach, what will happen? We'll come back to that situation as we were before Chet Eitzadas. Now we will know Hashem very clearly. That's what's going to happen. Hashem is going to come back down to earth and we'll be able to see him clearly. Well, that's exactly how it was for Adam Harishan in Ganeden. How was he able to name all the animals? That was because he saw Hashem clearly. He saw Hashem clearly in everything. He could look at an animal, see its form and shape, and know the exact letters of Lashon HaKadosh that represent the Kayach Eloki that was giving this animal its life. So Adam knew Hashem very, very clearly. And because of the Asid Lavan, we're going to reach that same sort of situation where we're going to see Hashem very clearly. He will be down here on earth clearly. Therefore, it will be the nature and the middle of the world in the times of Mashiach to be go back to exactly as it was in Gan Eden before Chet Eitzadas. Again, to understand this, it's like our mind where Basit Lagani, where the Rebbe explained that Hashem, the Shekhinah, was fully in this world. And then after Chet Eitzadas, the Shekhinah was removed from this world and through the generations was removed Seven layers, seven until Maish Rabbeinu brought it back, until the Ava started slowly bringing it back down again, until Maish Rabbeinu gave us the Tyra and brought the Shrina back to the world. And then again, with Ha'edel, the Shrina departed. And then we work all this time until our generation, times Mashiach, to bring the Shrina back down to earth. And that's exactly what we're saying then, according to the Avayas It's not being, it's not nullifying the natural order of things because this used to be the natural order of things. This, Steve, I'm just looking to see how long this seat is. Should we try to do this in two minutes or should we stop here? Bro? Um, It's around six o'clock. I don't know. I think we can stop here. Is this a good flow to stop? Will it? Yeah, sense? because it's, 
the is going to continue to show how, um, what can we do next time? This is a proposed answer, as we're going to see, and the Rebbe is going to give us some more um, evidence of this proposed answer, but then the Rebbe is going to show us that this isn't good enough. So um, we're going to go along this flow so we can stop here because we can then review this part and continue on. Don't want to keep people later than the time. It's already one minute to six, so we definitely can't do this in one minute. So I thank you all for joining. Um, and again, the, the key message of this Sikha um, so far is the fact that the Rambam in Perikud Beis is talking about the times of Mashiach. So Perikud Alf was about Mashiach himself, who he is, and Perikud Beis, what happens at that time. And the Rambam clearly states at the very beginning, the world is not going to have any miracles. It's going to run the way we know it, except that we are going to be absolutely free from any pressures and any worries so we can sit and learn Torah. And so far, what we've seen is the Rebbe says, this seems to contradict a number of things in other places, in Medrash, in Tarskahanim, in the Gemara, and many people, like the Radvaz, um, <clears throat> and as we see here, our Bodhisattva try to reconcile the Rambam. And the Rebbe is showing us that in every, wherever they try to reconcile what the Rambam is saying with other psukim, it doesn't sort of, doesn't jive completely because there's going to be a problem in each one of these proposed answers. Eventually, once we get through all the proposed answers, we'll come to the Rebbe's explanation. So hold on and join me again next week as we uh, continue to <clears throat> follow the Rebbe's train of thought and show how the proposed answers don't work and finally come to our conclusion about this. <laughs>